you're listening to the FYI Podcast. I'm Josiah Keneally. I'm Mike Keneally. We're your hosts, and thanks so much for taking time to join us on the journey Mm -hmm. at FYI. We talk about all things faith, life, and adulting. And right off the top, we just want to shout out some of the people who have left Mm. us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. One of them is Caleb Paschke. Caleb, he goes, absolutely amazing. Cannot wait for the upcoming episodes. The hosts are incredible and have so much knowledge. Love the ability to submit questions, and I'm excited to see who the speakers that are brought on will be definitely worth the listen so caleb no pressure right (laughs) (laughs) he is down at baylor baylor university and so grateful for you and then um let's do one more college student 99 said life changing so so thrilled for the truth that is about to be poured out in this podcast god is moving through this podcast in the lives of college <laughs> students and we believe Love it. it if you believe it man type into the chat on youtube a man we're excited for today That's right we just want to welcome you back we are actually in a money and finance mini series like just say right away we are not your financial advisors but Disclaimer. we will share some things that we've learned throughout the years and hopefully it can help you in the season that you're in, whether you are a college student living on a college campus, whether you're living in the dorms, you're trying to figure out roommates and people eating your food in your fridge. Hey, that's a real life thing. <laughs> and maybe you are in your career and you're just trying to navigate how to put together a budget, which we talked about last week. So check that out if you want to learn how to put together a budget and see the budget breakdown of your personal spending habits, because we all have them, whether we realize it or not yes it could be mom and dad's credit card or it could be our own and when it's our own it always hurts a little more doesn't it realize our pockets aren't as deep as we want them to be so we are so thrilled to be back Josiah do you have a verse for us to kick it off yeah today's verse of the day Ooh, verse of the day all right comes from the Sermon on the Mount it's red letter text so this is Jesus speaking to his disciples Mm -hmm. his followers and the crowds and this is this is considered part of the greatest sermon ever preached Let's hear it. and what's interesting is Jesus talks about our money he talks about our finances mm-hmm. this is what he says Matthew 6 verse 21 says for where your treasure is mm-hmm. there your heart will be also mm-hmm. and so he's teaching and he says don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth because moths and varmints and thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where no varmint can destroy, thieves can't break in and steal. And then he just Mm. talks about nobody can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. So it is you cannot serve both God and money. So the goal is to serve God with our money, and that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. So our question of the day is, where is it at, Josiah? Right here. Wow. A lot of people are asking similar questions. So we try to streamline what those questions are. So this is what it says. How to transition from a college life to living independently post-college? So how do we do that? How do we probably get out of the college mindset into the world, more or less, right? 
And how do we do that? How we handle money as a single person, uh, we talked about a little bit last week, obviously impacts our future, whether it's our future selves, our future relationships, our future marriage, our future children. Generations. Yes. And and we all have come from a family tree. And what what kind of family tree are we growing and staying attached to? And what do we want to see continue? And what do we need to kind of harness in on? And one of those things can be the addiction of spending money or living outside of the means that our bank accounts actually have in them, right? Yeah. So we're trying to just pinpoint that question. And when it comes to this, we sometimes we forget, right? We forget how grateful we are for our parents or maybe the people who've taken us in, grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, whoever your guardian is, guardian is. We often forget this. But when you're in college, Josiah, we made a little list here because we don't want to miss anything. Because when you're in a college with a two-year, four-year, there's some package bundle deals that are included in your schooling, quote-unquote, that you might not know about, that you're paying for, that maybe you're not utilizing, or that you're paying for and you really don't realize how much you are eating when you go through that line at school, right? Yeah. I went to four-year school, university. I saw those football players play, and they were on a fluoride scholarship, so it was a free-for-all. So I know what it's like to see somebody go to town on free food. So, Josiah, what are some of those components that maybe the listener, if they're mm-hmm. in that college agent stage, what do they need to be gearing up for? But maybe if they're in that last couple years or semester, yeah. that they can really like take into consideration and hone in on, just in their mindset to prepare themselves. I would think almost in terms of columns or lists, and Mm -hmm. one is the college column, and the other is the after the career column yeah. like once you launch out once you're in adulting and you might find yourself in either column today but both are going to be helpful when you're in college your meal plan baby mm-hmm. you just said it your gym membership your tuition mm-hmm. your car your dorm or housing your rent going out your car insurance can be on your parents' policy right. still. Your health insurance until you're 26 years of age can be on your parents' health insurance. Mm-hmm. You, you're most likely on a family share plan or a family plan for your cell phone. If you do go on vacation, it's likely with your family mm-hmm. or paid for by your family. And then there's this idea of coming of age. Mm-hmm. And experts squabble. Social scientists have debates about like, what's the age of coming to age? And I'm going to pick a number, not that I picked, but that everyone seems to agree on as 26. Mm-hmm. It's not 18. It's not 21. Right. It's been 26. And it's kind of evolved and pushed back. So 26 seems to be the number on what levels here? Well, look at this. Um, as recent as Obamacare or even before that, by the time you're 26 or really up until you're 26, mm-hmm. you can be on your parents' health insurance. Right. 26, boom, see ya. You've got to find health Figure insurance <laughs> from your employer or from, you know, your your state mm-hmm. or from really even maybe a cost-sharing plan. But you can no longer be on your mom and dad's health insurance. It's like the federal government picked this and they are kicking you out of the nest. <laughs> and airlines really agree. Mm-hmm. If you were a dependent and your parents, let's say, were a flight attendant or an airline pilot or maybe a mechanic, and they worked for the airlines and you got that flight benefit, those benefits go away. You are no longer a dependent at age what? 26. 26. And I'd also say to rent a car. Isn't renting a car at 26 right now? 25. 25. Yep, 25. You can rent a car. You're hitting that threshold of numbers. Yeah. 
Wow. And so I just say this, whether you're 18, 28, or beyond, the coming of age is somewhat agreed upon. By 25, you're going to need to figure some things out. And that's the purpose of today's conversation. Mm -hmm. And in order to get there, I'm just curious from the listener, can you let us know just by telling us your family of origin, when you were growing up, did your family openly talk about money, yes Mm. or no? And do you want to share? Are you willing to? I know it's a personal question. Yeah, I would say that my family is very open about finances. I think that they, I think I have generous parents, which kind of lend itself to be both spenders. But I think my mom's a secret saver. So if she has something intact of just like, oh, I want to remodel the flooring of the upstairs. I'm going to pocket this away. You know, so she does have the rainy day mindset. But when she, when it comes to Christmas, there is no budget. It's like, I'm going to bless everybody and anybody who I come across, which isn't necessarily bad when it comes down to the condition of her heart, but it can come down bad to budgeting in the books on, you know, the number side of things. So we talked openly about it and I'd say we weren't like, we're going to put $10,000 away here. And we're like, hey, we have enough money to go on vacation. So they didn't necessarily talk like number numbers, but they we knew what was feasible as children. When we go to the grocery store, you can pick out one cereal. You can pick out one treat. It is your choice, but you're going to have to share with your sibling, and you get to choose. So I would say for the most part, we are pretty open. I think they still are. Yeah. I think my experience in upbringing is like my grandparents got us a Campbell's tomato soup jar that had a coin slot in it. It was almost like a piggy bank, but it was like a soup bank or something, and and so anyway, like we, we learned from our grandparents on both sides. And then my parents really taught us the value of a dollar, the value mm. of giving in BGMC. If any of you grew up in kids' church, like I remember the Buddy Barrel and filling up with <laughs> coins and bringing it to church or buying the M&M canister at Feed My Starving Children and bringing it back full of quarters, learning mm. to give and learning to save. My parents definitely taught us about money and future and the importance of savings. And I also think at the same times, um, they would budget. I remember from a young age, they had this um, little notebook that was on the counter that had like groceries and mortgage. And so I, I knew like, okay, my parents are thinking about money. Mm-hmm. They're logging it, obviously. Yeah, and, and, but it wasn't so much a family conversation. It was more like one of those, mom and dad would go downstairs, shut the door, and they would have conversations about money. Mm. And so, and that's fine. Like, but that was my experience right. is that they were having conversations and, and we didn't necessarily know the inner workings or details, which is totally fine. That's right. just how we, mm-hmm. how I experienced it anyway. Well, I think it's a good indicator that kids are not designed to be the undertakers of the burden of wow. the financial decisions our parents have made. So I just want to say right off the bat, if you were raised in a family where you felt like you needed to provide at age 14 and you felt like you were the man of the house, like, I'm sorry that that was your situation and what you were placed in under and how you felt like it was your your job to do that. Like, no 10, 12, 14-year-old should have to carry that burden. So just if you're listening and that's your story, it may be so different than ours, um, but you probably learned something that we've never learned, that you'd be able to bring something to this conversation that we would never even like think of because that wasn't our upbringing. So just be mindful that as a listener, you are coming from a different country, city, location, inner city, downtown. Maybe you're in the, I don't know, mission field, missions kid. And there's just different 
conversations when it comes to money and responsibilities, whether we chose them for ourselves as kids or young adults or not, yeah. um, whether the government helped us, we are on food stamps or whether we got grants or loans or scholarships yeah. through our accolades or through sports to be on the college campuses we yeah. are or were at some point. But to know that money, it, we just want to say that money is a tool that we want to see you succeed in. It is a tool that you can put in your toolbox and that you can hopefully bless and help people along the way as well as being successful, quote unquote, when it comes to the ability to give and to save and to live on the rest. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And there's going to be seven things. These aren't the only Ooh. things, by the way, but seven things that kind of answer this question be, back to the beginning, back to the basics of how do I transition right. from living the college money mindset to the career money mindset? Like how right. do I function as an adult in the real world and handle finances in a way that glorifies God and also works. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll kick us off with number yeah, one. Is that okay? The it. first question is like, where do I live? And a lot of you, your heart fluttered a little bit because you're about to graduate mm -hmm. and you might have a move in your future out of the dorms into an apartment or a townhouse or a house. And so then there's follow-up questions like, what city mm -hmm. do I rent? Is there a move involved? Like, is, is it across the city? Is it across the state? Across the country? Is it across right. the globe? Mm -hmm. And then the, the third kind of question is under where I live is, do I rent or do I buy? Is there roommates in the situation or is there not? But where we live is a huge part of mm -hmm. our career, finances, future, church, mm -hmm. community, everything. Well, I think with that, you need to, what makes sense for you in the season that you're in? I mean, I was 27 years old and I, I went back to having roommates because I moved to the city and I needed to have roommates in order to survive, essentially, yep. of going to school Higher full time, rent. working part time, and figuring out what God had for me. So it's never bad to have roommates, um, but it is bad when you try to move out and plant yourself somewhere else where you can't afford $2,400 a month on your own. Like So being mindful of how you live and just what you actually need in that process. So good. So where you live is number one. Two is what job am I going to have? And that's like, what did you get your degree in? Like, what is the work itself that you're going to be doing? How does the work align with your values? Do you have values and morals? And, and, and if you do try to live out your faith and now settings, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Are you going to go out to supper every single mm -hmm. night when the coworkers ask you and you're trying to make friends and you move to a new city? like? You need, to, you need to know your boundaries of your spending habits. Um, and just because you go out for supper doesn't mean that you need to order the most expensive thing on the menu. I would still get the appetizers. I say, hey, the bonus wing, $7.99. Yep, that's me. You know, like I'm still that person and we, ha we can afford a $10 meal, whatever. McDonald's, right? <laughs> and I think sometimes we forget how much is your salary? When you get into a job and situation, I'd figure out what are your benefits. Um, do you have PTO? That's paid time off, by yep. the way. Do you Vacation. have a 501, oh, 401k matching, where if you put in X amount of dollars or percentage, is your employer going to match that as well? Um, insurance, do they have health insurance? Is it 80, 20, 40, 60, 30, 70? Like, what kind of insurance coverage? Is it eye, dental, health? Is it just health? Hospitalization. So, yes, and just to know all those different terms and don't be afraid to ask. Be like, here's my favorite question. And I think it's helped me. So if I'm in a doctor's office or if I'm in a room where I don't know 
what I should be asking, I say, what should I be asking you that I'm not asking? It's a great question. So if I take our girls to the doctor, I was like, okay, I know X, Y, and Z, but what should I be asking you that I'm not? Like, what do I need to be aware of that I may be oblivious to? Because you're the professional here. So when you're in those interviews for that job, know what you're getting yourself into. Is there a time commitment? Is it a one-year, two-year, four-year? Are you contracted? Are, do they have the right to say, hey, you're going to work on this construction site, but in three months we're going to reevaluate and we're going to send you down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to say, yes, I'm in for a move? And if you are, great. So when you start looking at what job am I going to have or have I been interviewing for, be mindful of the questions that you ask because sometimes vacation, you might get two days vacation the first two to four years. Depending what you're doing and where you're at, other places might be, you get two weeks, no question. Yep. So am I up for a raise? Is there room for wiggle room of this? So asking those hard questions and knowing what to ask I think is essential but just I have a quick story and I'll keep it short but I think this is a good life lesson it's for somebody out there because it was for us I remember when we got married it was June 30th 2017 and it was like my last day in the office before our wedding which was like on a Friday night or Saturday night I forget Friday night and so it was like Thursday was my last day in the office and I filled out the paperwork and I submitted it and we dated it <laughs> and the HR person with benefits or the coordinator for insurance mm-hmm. we got just you're uh, like when you get married is one of those things if you start a new job you can apply for health insurance if you get married there's certain mm-hmm. life events like a child there's certain life events where you can like re-enroll in, in health insurance and I remember I got Micah on we come back from the honeymoon and she is in the ER mm-hmm. in a world of hurt had kidney stones mm-hmm. and I then got the bill and it was like I don't know it might have been like six grand or something it was, it was a lot remember. of money it was more <laughs> money than we had or could come or could come like come up with at all and I remember like being stressed at work and then I just went next door. My office was right next to, at the job I had at the time, the HR person. And first, she gave me a hug. And second, she said, you should have told me because this is not a bill. This is like your itemized um, statement of like how much it cost. But this is covered by our insurance. Right. And then she showed me how to submit the paperwork and everything. But I'd never done it. Even right. though I had worked there for several years. Right. Um, but I just, like, I learned a life lesson to ask questions. Don't sweat it. Don't stress out. And I think that was for somebody out there. Also, like, if mm-hmm. you get married, get on the policy as quickly as you can. And, then... and don't be afraid by terminology. Like, you'll hear the word deductible, principle. Like, I don't know, first, second, third, like, you're getting things that are submitted to you. You're like, what? I have to pay this? It's like, no, it's just the itemized bill. It's saying... Here's the breakdown. So if you don't understand something, don't be afraid to ask and look stupid. I always say, hey, this may be a stupid question, but yep. fill in the blank. So take that, that. Take that approach. It helps every time. <laughs> That's great. Back to our list of seven things that kind there's of the, the career mindset. Third thing is meal prepping and planning. Mm. And there's no more meal plan. There's no more cafeteria. So are you going to grocery shop? Like that's a skill, a life lesson to learn. And maybe mm-hmm. you learned it. Um, cooking. I know that for me... If I'm cooking, it's going to be the same few items. But thankfully, we're a team, and we're great at short-order chefing. And Micah brings a lot to the team. If you want a good smoothie, he's your guy. (laughs) 
it's like delightful smoothies. And then eating out too as more of a privilege than a, a habit, Ooh, right? that's good, yeah. And so meal prepping and planning. And then, yeah, that's the third thing. Well, I think the fourth thing is some expenses actually go away, whereas some kick into gear. And some of those that kick into gear are what, Josiah? Are we talking like... Oh my gosh, like... Take us there quick. Yeah, I think the things that kick into gear are like, well, you're going to have to start paying for rent. Also, six mm, months, right. you got... Okay, you don't have to pay your student loans, but if you have them, after six months, you got to figure out how to start paying them because the interest start kicks in. Right, and I would even say with the renting of a place, sometimes they ask for the first month's rent and the last month's rent. The, the so deposit. So that might be the big kick in the shorts of like, say you're paying... $1,200 a month, they may ask $2,400 up front. And that's like kind of like that bundle of money that's like, hey, if there's a hole in the wall, if this is all broken down, you're not going to get this pool of money back. So, I mean, just even being mindful of that is essential. And looking at your college loans, when do they kick into gear? Yeah. And, and what does that mean? How can I get that set up? If you are, if you buy a vehicle or if you have monthly payments for a vehicle and if you're paying off a credit card, looking at your principal. And some of these things are naturally happening as you're on a college campus but yeah. I would say my parents when I turned 18 they were not on my bank account anymore I was on my own I had my debit card my credit card my savings account all in the same place and I needed to understand the terminology and understand everything so I would say be mindful of who's on your accounts as you tr in transition into adulting quote-unquote or your next age and stage of life so get mom and dad off your account if you're engaged because they may still have access to things that you didn't even know have access to. Yeah. So, and change your mailing address. Forward your mail to your home address, right? It's good. It's all these little things. It's good. Ah. And you know, like <laughs> I had an arrangement with my folks, especially my dad, um, because I lived at home through college. And he and I had this arrangement, like you can live at home for free as long as you're in college. And I was about to move out. Mm -hmm. And I had an amazing opportunity to go through to grad school. And so, like, I was literally looking at places, looking at roommates, and then I was like, hold on, I could go, my first class is paid for, second class is half off, and then the other classes, the rest of the degree are all, like, partial scholarship. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I, this is the times now. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my dad, so I ended up, I think, moving out at more like age 25 mm -hmm. than the original plan of 22, mm -hmm. 23, because I was actually, I went back for two and a half, three years of grad school. But then we got engaged. Yep. So then we yep. got engaged. And, and then it was you stay there for like, like well, a couple months yep. until we were only engaged for like 90, maybe 100 days. And yeah, then, months, yeah. then we moved into an apartment. And so I, I, number five, oh, sorry, I, number five, I was just sharing about our life. But number five <laughs> is like, so wait. Going to the doctor costs how much? A massage isn't covered by insurance? Like chiropractic. how chiropractic? Like what? So it's kind of that some, we talked about some expenses actually go away. Some expenses actually kick in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if number six is, hey, I'm 26. Maybe you're listening today and you literally are 26 and you're like, realizing like oh my gosh i really appreciate my mom and dad so the thing is should i really start saving for retirement 
I know Josiah's story. He wanted to start saving when he was 16 years old for retirement, opening up all these crazy retirement accounts. Hey, guess what? I was 30 and I still wasn't thinking about that because I was thinking about how was I going to live downtown, finish paying off my school, get married, change my name, everything else, right? Yeah. So I think just being mindful of like when you are employed through an employer or you're putting money towards your future, it's not somebody else's future. It's your responsibility to take care of your future when it comes to your retirement and your future marriage and retirement of what that is and looks like. So knowing who are your financial advisors, who are the HR people in the workplace of which you're working, whether it's X, Y, and Z, who knows, work over the across the world. But you should really start saving for your retirement now. And some people say, well, by the time I get there, is the retirement actually going to re- exist? You know what? I'd rather get there and realize that it did exist and then get to the end, put my money in it and realize that it did exist instead of not putting money towards it and realizing it did exist. Wow. So I would say, yes, take care of yourself and live mindfully in the process. So My only comment on that, I think it was Einstein, Albert Einstein that said about compounding interest, mm. said it was the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> and that's a mathematician. That's like a genius. And um, this idea in, in banks, right? They build skyscrapers downtown because they figured out how to make compounding interest work mm-hmm. for them and hurt for you. Mm-hmm. So credit cards, there's a high interest rate. Right. Car loans, there's an interest rate. <clears throat> Even things like loans, like student loans, right. mortgages. We're pay- you know, compounding interest is working for them. And retirement, mm-hmm. investing in your future is one of the ways that compounding interest that eighth wonder of the world can help work for you and work right. for your future and um the seventh the last thing wrapping it up this is actually the season of life that we could speak to most recently yeah is competing goals like we met with our family's financial advisor not too long ago like mm-hmm. it was the beginning of a new year 2022 so we went over expenses mm-hmm. goals all that stuff mm-hmm. and we were just like like hey look he goes, well, what's on the future? And we're like, well, we're trying to save for a fence in our backyard, just a little bit of um, upgrade, some safety, just different things. And then the second thing, we're trying to save for a minivan. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh, there's something else that we're saving for. There was three things. Oh, you know what it is? Yeah. It's the hot tub. Right? Yeah. And so... We can't do them all away. today. Get away. And um, we're not really in the season of travel or vacations as a family. We got right. littles. But one of the things that we would want, we talked about need it, want it, or deserve it. We don't deserve it and we don't need it, but we'd want it. Mm-hmm. That'd be mm-hmm. that'd be the hot tub. That'd be mm-hmm. nice someday. More of a luxury, but we're trying to save for it. And then the most immediate is probably the fence because we can do it ourselves. Right. And maybe have some friends help us with the labor. But the one that maybe long-term might serve our family's needs Mm -hmm. as we grow the best and travel to out-of-state family and different Mm -hmm. things is the minivan. Mm -hmm. But we are competing, or our goals are competing. are competing, right? Yeah, it's like we want to do it all, but we can't. So it's like we're saving, and then it's kind of prioritizing. But this idea, the seventh thing of how to have the career mindset is to recognize that it's okay to give yourself grace and patience Mm -hmm. because... You, we, we can't do it all, and we can't do it overnight. Right, and I would also say, like I talked about in the last episode, like we don't need to be living the life where our parents are at. If they're 40, 50, 60s, and they have two homes, and they're living in their snowbirds or grandparents, and you look at them, you're like, that's where I want to be. And you're 22 listening to this. Listen, there are 22-year-olds who may be able to feasibly do that, 
but I would say the average American cannot. <laughs> so just being mindful, like when we have those competing goals, we have those dreams, aspirations, and desires, God doesn't put those in our heart to tease us. I think he puts it in, we can put those things in our heart and it's a reality check of like, okay, how would this serve God's kingdom? How is this serving me? And, and what does that look like? Does my stuff own me or do I own my stuff? And so just being mindful of like, we don't have to have that 50 year old desired home that we want the dream home at age 22 or 24 so it's don't really get good. discouraged where you're not look at where you are steward those seven things where am i living what job am i going to have meal planning and prepping that's going to change some expenses actually go away some kick in the gear so wait you got to look at the chiropractor the massage look at those packages that your employer is offering you and then if you're 26 and beyond yeah you're going to have to start saving for retirement, if not sooner, if That's you good. can. That's good. And then seventh is those competing goals. So just filtering through all those different layers. Don't feel defeated. Feel encouraged. And maybe today you're just like, I don't even know how to feel encouraged because my faith is in the world. It's not in God. Like, I don't know who's God is Jesus or whoever talked about finances 2,000 years ago even was. Hey, we just want to provide an opportunity. If you are curious about who Jesus Christ is, what he did for you, and how you can step into relationship with him, click the button. We're going to have it on the link for you. It says, yep. I said yes to Jesus, right? Yep. And they're going to have your next steps of what you can do. We want to be in contact with you so you can direct message us or let us know how this um you know, podcast has been speaking to you or how you've been learning or what you've been able to apply. And you can do that through um, direct messaging us. And Josiah, do you also want to share, especially this, like yeah. about the gospel? Yeah, I think the way to conquer competing goals, right? The way <laughs> to conquer competing goals is contentment. Mm -hmm. It's contentment. And I think that true contentment is recognizing that I'm doing better than I deserve because somebody actually paid it all for me. Right. I love what Greg Laurie says the gospel in a sentence is Jesus paid a debt he did not owe because I owed a debt that I could not pay. So good. Are you kidding Oof. me? That's the gospel right there. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and paid it all. He mm -hmm. paid a, de a debt that he didn't even owe. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I owed a debt that I would never be able to earn mm -hmm. or deserve or scrap together. No right. amount of scrappiness, right. no amount of human effort mm -hmm. could compare to the everlasting grace and mercy of Jesus who right. was a sinless man and died in my place on a cross. Mm -hmm. And he, he conquered death. Mm -hmm. Through burial, dead in a tomb for three days, resurrection ascended, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father. And I would say with that, some things, people say nothing in this world is free. Guess what? There's only one thing that is free, and that is a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the one free thing. There's no contingency plan. Yes, we do have to learn and become more like Christ in that process. And we learn that as we say, yes, it doesn't happen overnight, but that is the one free thing. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less, and there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. We are all equal in the eyes of God when it comes to his love and his abundant grace. And it wasn't free. Right. It wasn't free. He, he said, Jesus said things like this. He demonstrated with his life that things of great value were worth a high cost. Mm -hmm. And he paid the ultimate cost for you and for mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. and I'm grateful and now that is that free 
undeserved, right. unearned, unmerited favor right. and grace and mercy of right. Jesus, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I pray you're grateful. If you're on YouTube and you stumbled across this video, can you just type I'm grateful into the chat? And um, if you want to respond to the gospel message of Jesus, put your faith in him. You can do that on fyi-podcast.com. You can DM us to let us know. And if you have a follow-up question yeah. about faith, life, or adulting, maybe it's related to the Money and Finances mini-series, we'll be doing mm-hmm. a couple more weeks of this, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, until next time. Mike and Josiah signing off. Thanks, guys. Thanks.